Live from the Brainswell Media Studios in Augusta, Georgia, this is the Ryan Dorn Sales and Marketing Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the team at 032outsourcing.com. Increase productivity and profitability by outsourcing business tasks to free up your time. Talk to Mike over at 032outsourcing.com. Now, your coach, your mentor, your host, he's still selling every day, Emmy-winning sales and marketing coach, Ryan Dorn. What's going on, friends and fans? This week, we're focusing on the psychology of subject lines. I'm going to bet you, friends, this is probably going to end up being one of my most popular videos that I've ever produced because I'm getting 35 to 40% open rates, 25 to 30% reply rates, and from my perspective, that's just absolutely unheard of. All right, so let's dig in. As a general rule, you've heard me talk about Uncle Ryan's rule of three and three. So when you get this much gray hair, you get to call yourself Uncle Ryan, I think. The, the rule of three and three. So in general, I always wanna have three words in my subject line. Of course, some of them might run just a smidge longer than that. Three sentences in my email. But let's talk about why I'm getting the results I'm getting because I believe that they're phenomenal and I want you to steal this idea from me. A great subject line should not give the person, the reader, enough information that they can delete the email without opening it. Okay, let me reiterate that again, so see if you can follow me on this. My goal with my subject line is to not be deleted. See, the goal with your subject line is to be read. The goal of my subject line is I don't wanna be deleted. I do want someone to read it, but I want them to not delete it first. So a subject line like this, as an example in my media sales business, a subject line like holiday gift guide coming up. Are you in question mark? Okay. First of all, it's way too long. Secondly, though, it's asking a question that somebody can answer. And if they don't want to be in the holiday gift guide, they don't even open the email. They just delete it. So how would we get someone to open an email? All right. A great subject line causes someone's brain to say, what now? What's that? I need more information. A great subject line does not give someone enough information that would allow them the opportunity to delete the email. We want them to go, now, what now? What is that? I guess I need to open this. Now, just to be clear, I'm not talking about fooling people. I'm not talking about subject lines like free lunch or about those pictures. That's not the subject lines I'm talking about. I'm talking about subject lines like, have you considered this? Would you consider this? Question mark. Your advice on this, question mark. Your thoughts on this, question mark. Your thoughts, question mark. Your advice, question mark. It causes somebody's brain to go, what now? What do you need my advice on? What are these thoughts? You need my thoughts on what? Have I considered what? So if the subject line says, would you consider this or have you considered this? It forces someone's brain to say, consider what? It forces them, they have to open the email. Now, a lot of times uh, I'll get comments and you're welcome to give some comments down below. I read them and reply to them all. You know I do for all you haters out there. Friends, these subject lines have to make somebody's brain go, what now? Because if they don't, you're giving them enough information to delete the email without having to actually look at the email. One of the, my favorite subject lines, I've been teaching it for seven years, is a date. So if I wanted to meet with somebody on New Year's Day, the, the subject line, which I wouldn't do, with the subject line would be January 1st, question mark. It forces someone to brain, uh, someone's brain to say, what are you talking about? I'm not following you. What is it that you want me to look at? 
So friends, just never forget the psychology of email subject lines should be for somebody's brain to say, what now? What's that? I guess I need to open the email. But don't say to yourself, oh, Ryan, this idea is salesy, is salesy. Well, of course it's salesy sounding to you because you're in sales, silly. Recognize that the vast majority of people have never had formalized sales training. Now, you've got to also remember you can't use the same subject line on the same person over and over again. You've got to vary that subject line. Don't just be resending the same email, new subject lines, new content in the emails, and try to be exceedingly relevant in all that you do. But I'm gonna tell you right now, if you'll follow my advice on these subject lines, you'll use questions to trigger somebody's brain to open that email, you'll almost always get further faster. Now, you've heard me say a thousand times, hey, if you're trying to work smarter and not harder, you're gonna have tough luck. You've gotta be really smart and work really hard. Friends, this, is one of the tips that will actually save you time. It does help you work smarter, but you probably should work harder as well. Hey friends, my goal is really simple, to provide you tactical and practical information you can put into practice right away. Speaking of that, I'd be a pretty terrible sales coach if I didn't take my own advice, right? Hey, if you would, give me 30 seconds here to pay a few bills, take care of those people that are out there to take care of all of you. We'll be right back with your listener questions after these commercial messages. This podcast is brought to you in part by the outsourcing experts at 032outsourcing.com. Virtual employees save you time, money, increase your productivity, and ultimately your profitability too. Learn more about outsourcing today. Visit 032outsourcing.com. Your podcast host, Ryan Dorn, has his new sales book on Amazon, Audible, and at Barnes & Noble. Selling Forward, Pandemic-Tested Strategies for Sales Success has been called a must-read for every sales professional. 100% of the net proceeds from Ryan's book sales always go to the Golden Harvest Food Bank. Buy Selling Forward today at your favorite retailer. Okay, now back to the podcast. Here's your fellow sales warrior and host, Ryan Dorn. What's going on, friends and fans? Ryan Dorn here, your friendly neighborhood sales coach. And this week, we're talking about goals and maybe some goals that might be just a little bit too high. This next listener question came from Rhonda up in Michigan. Hey, Rhonda from Michigan. I've got family up in Michigan. So we're big fans uh, of Michigan. My goals, Ryan, are way too high. They are unrealistic. I'm not going to meet them. I am very, very discouraged. What do I do? So Rhonda, first, there's a lot of things that all of us have in common as salespeople. First, most of us have goals. Most of the time, those goals are typically set by somebody else. So if we don't get involved in the process, we're always going to just be delivered those goals, and then we just kind of have to run with it. And it, it, it can be a little bit frustrating and, and discouraging. A lot of times what I like to do, if I feel that the goal is just basically unattainable, is I like to take a more positive approach when I'm sitting and meeting with my boss. I think the worst thing you can do is kind of stamp your feet or whatever and say, this is unrealistic, it's just not going to work for me. I think I would take more of an approach like this. Maybe you talk to your supervisor and say, first and foremost, I really like working here. Secondly, I enjoy working for you. Even if you don't, (laughs) I enjoy working for you. But I have a concern. And my concern is my goal is so high that I'm pretty sure I'm not going to reach it based on what I'm seeing in my forecast. And so if I keep missing my goal, not only are you going to be upset with me, but it's also real discouraging to me. Is there something we can do? Could we talk about where the goal came from? Can we look at my forecast? Um, Can we just, can we kind of talk about it? Because I want to create a winning scenario for me, which ultimately means a winning scenario for you 
and the company as well. A lot of times there's just not enough dialogue with salespeople. So those of you that are in sales leadership that might be listening to this tip, get your salespeople involved. Get your team involved in the setting of goals. See, when I'm managing sales teams, I usually let them set their own goals because a lot of times they come in too high and I got to adjust them back down. Typically, salespeople are kind of overly ambitious with their goals, but then sometimes we're just realistic people. We look at those goals and say, you know what? This goal isn't going to help me. This goal is actually going to discourage me. Now, some of you that write me, you're like, hey, I don't want a goal. I don't need a goal. And I would say that almost everybody needs a goal and goals in their sales life because there's nothing worse than running a race with absolutely no finish line in place. So my thought would be uh, on this Rhonda from Michigan, talk to somebody about it. Just have an open dialogue about it. And, and if they won't change their mind, then just really work hard at it. Really amp your efforts up. Add more people to your pipeline. Just do your best to really get out there and slay it. And in the end, at the end of the year, if you just feel like, I just can't do it. It's just, it's not possible. I've tried everything. Then maybe it's time to be look, you know, look for somebody else uh, that maybe might be a better manager or something like that. But my encouragement would be, try to have an open dialogue with a supervisor that you have currently right now. And then also, don't forget, Rhonda, use all the tools that are there. Watch all these videos. Use your CRM. Make sure your patterns are really great. I mean, because you never know. You might just blow the doors off your goal, Rhonda. You just never know. Are you uh, having a good week out there in sales land? It's been a really good week for me. Got a lot of contracts in. I'm pretty darn excited about that. Hey, we're answering your listener questions. Keep them coming to Ryan at RyanDorn.com. Here comes our next question. This is uh, Philip up in Delaware. Hey, Philip. Ryan, I'm really struggling to figure out my closing rates. You talk about them all the time. I just don't know how to figure it out. What am I doing wrong? So, Philip, great question. So, there really are two sides to the close rate equation. You've got your close rate on renewals, which is usually going to be higher. And then you've got your close rate on brand new business, which is usually going to be substantially lower. You want to separate those two things because if you combine the two of them together, then you're going to get an artificial number because your close rate on renewals is almost always going to be higher. Okay, so from my perspective, if I was coaching and guiding you, you want to set a goal for yourself. Your renewal rate, unless you're selling something awkward or weird, your renewal rate should be pretty high if you're retaining people correctly and the product you're selling is something that is repeating and renewable. Like for example, in my business, um, I almost exclusively sell marketing and digital services. And so that's something that's going to renew on a regular basis. Now, if you happen to be watching the podcast or listening uh, to videos or whatever the circumstance is, or I guess you'd listen to the podcast and watch the videos and you're working with insurance or real estate or something like that, um, the numbers are going to be a little bit different. So this really is advice for those that are selling something kind of that you would have to resell every year. Okay. On the renewal side, in my opinion, you want to set a goal to renew about 8 in 10. About 80% of your business, you want to try to renew. Those that go out the door or don't renew, only about 10% of those really should be people that just flat out went out of business or whatever. You want to watch out for that 10% of people that aren't real happy. But if your renewal rate is lower than like 80%, if it's dropping below 50%, okay, something's something's off in the process. And that's something that's that's more detailed than we would have time for in this listener question to get. But you want to know your renewal rate. And my goal would be like 7 and 10 or 8 and 10, about 70, 80%. Okay, now on the other side of the house, now what you've got is you've got new business close rate. Now, those that are really doing well out there, typically a close rate of 25 to 30%. So that means when you have 10 meetings, you close about three in 10, that would be 30%. 
that's that's really good. That's really good out there. Now, if you're at 10%, you need to improve. 15%, you're getting there. 20%, I mean, not horrible. 25, you're pretty normal. 30, you're doing pretty good. If you're higher than 30% of your close rate, you're not selling what I'm selling. You're selling something highly discounted um, or gosh, maybe you should write a book and send me a copy of it um, because I'm pretty good at it and I sit around 30, 40% on new business. Okay, so now back to the original question. The original question was, how do I figure it out? Just look back at the 10 presentations that you just made, okay? So 10 complete clients, not if you have five meetings with one client and five meetings with another client for 10. That's not what I mean. When you look back at the last 10 meetings you had with 10 separate clients where you actually had the ability to make the presentation you wanted and give them the proposal for consideration that they wanted. That for me is where your close rate really needs to come in. Look at the last 10 calls you made that you felt you did everything right, then determine how many of those actually closed. So if you're only closing, say, one in 10, then something needs to be improved. Either it's the way you're presenting, it's what you're presenting, it's a price, it's your process. I mean, it, it could be you. Uh, maybe it's uh, the questions that you're asking or not asking. Uh, maybe it's the format that you're following. See, a lot of times something that impacts close rates dramatically. For me, my close rates are higher because I go to meetings with a proposal ready to go. Um, I don't have to customize things. I mean, I can. I could customize the heck out of stuff. I just choose not to. I'm a recommendation-based seller. I go to a meeting with ideas ready to go. And so I believe that actually increases my close rate because I'm getting people to a point of consideration of the sale faster. If I gather information, which is taught widely out there, then I leave to create a customized proposal. I don't have any empirical data that says that works better than coming with information ready to go, ready to present. Now, let me make just an offhand comment that some of you are going to go below and hate on me, and that, that's fine. It doesn't bother me at all. I'm glad you're interacting. A lot of you believe that you cannot go to a meeting with a proposal because you have to ask them 10 questions to figure out what they want in the proposal. Unless you've never had a client like this before, you should be able to go to a meeting with ideas and pricing ready to go. As a matter of fact, my youngest buyers that I deal with, and a lot of you know I'm 50 years old, I've got a lot of younger buyers than me. My youngest buyers have taught me that I need to step up my game. I need to come with ideas ready to go. They want to know what it's going to cost, who else has done it, and how much is it. I mean, it's, it's a very simple process. My younger buyers have made me a better salesperson. They've made me speed up. They've made me be more efficient. So when you think about this, uh, Philip, up in Delaware, it's super important for us to be adjusting to the times as well. So when you think about your close rates, divide them into two groups, renewals versus new business, Calculate across the last 10 meetings that you've had where you were happy with the presentation, etc. And that's how I would potentially figure it out. Then you take your close rate and you incorporate that into your sales math to determine how many calls do you need to make to get to X number of meetings. How many meetings do you need to get to a closed deal? And once you know your sales math, you can work those numbers to your advantage. So Philip up there in Delaware, you got a bunch of extra information there that you didn't even ask for, and I hope that you find it helpful. Keep your listener questions coming to ryan at ryandorn.com. I love to answer your questions, and we get a lot of them, and I love it. Keep those questions coming. It's one of my favorite parts of my job. Another podcast 
all about sales and marketing will come your way very soon. Ryan Dorn saying, thank you so much. God bless you. Get out there and sell something. If I can be of help, reach out to me, ryandorn.com. All right, we'll see you in two weeks.